1: Is there a place in our lives for God's law? Or is that something that's done away with and we simply live by grace now? Let's talk about that this week on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. In our current society and culture, the law of God is really quite confusing. Do we use it? Is it outdated? Has grace replaced it? Yes? No? Maybe so? Well, this week here on Abounding Grace, we continue our exploration of the book of Romans. Chapter 6 is where we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner, as we continue looking at the Apostle Paul's discussion of what the law is really all about. Yield Yourself to God is the title of today's message. Here's Pastor Gary.
2: You look to Jesus and God smiles at you. That is the glory and the confidence that we have as God's sons and daughters. And then he even forgives our sins. Now you might say, yeah, but it seems like he's frowning at me right now. And there are hard providences in my life and wearisome tasks and seasons of suffering and tears and all of those things we do go through from time to time but remember why does God bring these he is smiling but he wants us to feel our weakness so that we will go to him our true and our highest joy I I can't get away from what Calvin said one time about prayer from Luke 3, in his Institutes, chapter 20, where he said, The best thing about prayer is not getting what you want. In fact, what do you say about the person who prays for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, or even 50 for God to do something for him, give him something he thinks he needs? deliver him from something and god never seems to answer his prayer well here's the question what did god give him god gave him himself and god continued to draw that sinner to him where he would continue to call upon his name and that beloved is our joy even weeping we have joy because we are alive to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And you know, this kind of holiness is exactly the opposite of all those morose, self-focused, narrow-minded attempts we often have to please God. We do a lot of insult to our Savior's gospel when we think like this and, and uh, to his own person. I, I mean, he has brought us near to God. We have new life. We have an anchor for our soul in the most holy place. And that is where you have come today. You know, you can't come here to this building and ignore these things. We know it's here and we know it's real. There is something higher going on right here. We are drawing near by faith to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem where God is. Where the lamb is at the center of the throne. Where the angels are singing worthy is the lamb that was slain. That is the reality. And when we come to worship God. He is here among us. This is one of the main places. That we come and present ourselves to him. Yes. We need to present our bodies as a living sacrifice every day. But especially here. Because here he makes his presence known through his word, through the sacraments. And he opens afresh to our hearts and to our minds and our lives the fountains of his grace and his mercy. And beloved, I have to be honest with you. This is why I'm so bewildered as to why some of you are not here on time regularly and excited about his presence with you. As I have said so many times, this should be something you look forward to throughout your week. Worship should not be something you just do because it happens to be Sunday. It should be the highlight of your week. He's here. Why would you not want to be with him as quickly as you can and be excited about it? Is that you? If it is not, you should examine your faith and ask why it is not. And if it is not, if we meet at 9 or 10 a.m., why we don't come together until 2 o'clock in the afternoon, my friends? How serious are you really about Sabbath worship and meeting with your King of Kings and Lord of Lords? So no more hiding. Are you hiding? What are you hiding from? Have you ever noticed when you read the Gospels. How many people came and had to fall down. And tell Jesus all of their miseries. Remember the woman with the bloody flow. She didn't come and say. Well you know it's really not that bad. And I have basically been managing it. But Lord you know. If you could. It would make my life. A lot more convenient if you would just stop it. No. And the Lord, the leper, didn't come and say, you know, I've gotten used to this. I've gotten used to my ears falling off and losing my fingertips and people staring and running away from me. I mean, it's okay. All, after all, this is who I am. I just expect it. He didn't come like that, did he? He came right out in the open. And he confessed his sins. Why? And his need for a savior. Because our Lord Jesus Christ hung between heaven and earth. Naked, cursed, made filthy, vile. And he became became sin for us. It was my filth, your leprosy. My blindness, your crippleness. Our deadness. And he bore it. All, No more hiding for any of us, beloved. We are alive to God through Jesus Christ, and we may draw near to Him and stand near to Him as our joy and our strength. And now we can understand what a life yielded to God truly is by way of application. It's not the giddy spirituality that we hear of today, emotionalism pretending to be consecration, nor is it a retreat From the life and responsibilities God has given us. Oh, I need to have another spiritual high. Where's the next conference I can go to when I can stuff my brain from all these facts and feel better that my life is so far beneath what I know it to be. No, it is none of that. Notice what Paul says here in verse 13. A life yielded to God is when our members, our instruments, are righteousness. A life yielded to God exists and is being formed when we yield our members, our bodies, ourselves to the tools of righteousness, obedience to God. One reason the Christian faith has fallen upon such hard times in the West is that we often present discipleship as a bunch of humdrum, man-made rules and rituals. Or we encourage an emotionalism that so quickly burns out that it leaves people more frustrated than when uh, they began. This is a yielded life. Are you ready? When alive to God, you delight in obedience. That is what righteousness is. Righteousness is obedience to God. A life that is right because it is right with him. And we live by his standard. And that is going back to the Garden of Eden. That is going back to paradise when our meat was to do the will of God. Please turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 40. This was our Lord's cry as he was actually coming into the earth. It's quoted also in Hebrews 10, and we could read it there, but I want to go back to the beginning where it was first stated. Psalm 40, verse 6. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. My ears hast thou opened, burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, our Savior, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Though I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. Do you want to be happy and begin to be as happy as Jesus was? Well, that has got to be our cry because that is what it is to draw near to God. That is what it is to present ourselves to him naked and to yield to him with the passion of our heart says, I always do those things that please him. Really? But I say, and so do many of you, I don't do that. I know I don't. I'm sure some of you do not. So what do we do when we don't? We get on our face and we plead for grace. And we remember God's promise to us. Sin will not have dominance over us. He doesn't call us to account for those. And he's not going to condemn us for it. He'll forgive us. And this is our delight. In John 15, verses 9 through 11, you'll see this again. In this day and age when everyone is talking about happiness, very few people have it. I'm sure you've seen that. John fifteen nine, As the Father hath loved me, so I loved you. Continue you in my love. Here is a question for you. Do you want to feel God's love? I know I do. I mean, love is not like this esoteric, intellectual idea of, oh, yes, God loves me. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. Yeah, God loves me. So let's just move on. No, love is personal, it is warm, it is evotive. How do we know it? If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my Father's love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide. In his love. Oh, that's a great way of looking at love and obedience. We've got all kinds of grace hucksters out there today saying, no, 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 no. Throw off obedience. Throw off duty. Because then you will really be free and have joy. Wrong. That is satanic. That's not grace. Grace is when the Holy Spirit writes God's law upon our hearts. And we delight in obeying God. In our inner man, yes, there is weakness. Yes, we are inconsistent. But this is the best of our life, that we yield ourselves to God. And notice verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy. Wow. My joy might remain in you, and your joy might be full. Wait a minute. You mean, Lord, that you are telling us that continuing in God's love by obeying God's commandments like you do is the way to joy? Yes, he says, because holiness is the way to God and none is happier than God because none is holier. In thy presence is fullness of joy. So rather than... Thinking of holiness as a personal infringement upon my liberty, that I need to have this negativity about me for some reason. No, what we have looked at today is God telling us the way to be happy. He says, Walk with me, and my presence is fullness of joy. My commandments are not burdensome, they are the perfect law of liberty. In fact, do you want to walk in liberty? Turn to Psalm 119.45. This is a great verse to memorize. Now before I read it. Remember what our age is all about. Freedom. Liberty. No infringement upon what I want. My spirituality is defined by me. Psalm 119.45. And I will walk at liberty. For I seek thy precepts do you want to know what freedom is Do you want to know what joy is do you know you want to know what peace like a river is if we had time we could look at all of these other things that come to us from obedience and yielding ourselves to god drawing near to him not sin because we all know from personal experience sin is miserable It is dissatisfying slavery. Now the pleasures are there when you sin. But they are momentary. And they are fleeting. Solomon says about the adulterous woman that bread eaten in secret is pleasant. A click on the screen can find pleasure for a moment. Afterward, it will fill a man's belly with gravel. So sin's pleasures may be there, but they are momentary. They are fleeting. They are ultimately dissatisfying. So where is our liberty? Where is our freedom? Where's our joy? Is it the Constitution? Is it the Declaration of the United States? Drawing near to God with full assurance of faith having our consciences sprinkled from evil and our bodies washed pure in the blood of the Lamb. This is a life yielded to God. And this is joy. So let me remind you of three things and then we'll be finished. Number one, remember what holiness is. It is both separation, a no, and consecration. Coming to God, yielding to Him, standing near to Him, seeking Him. A positive. So, two questions. Where do you need to stop yielding to sin in your life? We have to start thinking of the fact that sin is a joy killer because sin separates us from Him who is our life. So, where are you yielding to sin? Maybe it's in your relationship with your spouse, maybe it's your money. Maybe it's with your children. Maybe with the use of your time. Whatever it may be. Where do you, when do you... What do you need to say? Enough. I have had enough. No more yielding to sin. I'm going to fight it to the death. Of course, not in my strength. Because I don't have any I'm going to look to my Savior. I'm going to call upon Him. I'm going to cast myself upon Him. Father, there is only one thing that will make me happy, and that is if you are happy. But I can't make you happy. Only your grace in me and your Son can make you happy. So please come and help me. And He will. Where do you need to stop yielding to sin? Is it your tongue? Is it gossiping? Is it your eyes, men, undressing the women who may walk by you? What is it? Everything we do like this is nothing but killing joy. But even more, it is thrusting a stake back into our Savior who was crucified for us because he was raised to newness of life to give us victory. Maybe it's your attitude. You know, things are not going well in your work and your calling. You're trying to take care of it. And you take it out emotionally on others and probably your wife and your kids. And you might say, well, that's not included here in this text. Oh, yes, it is. Because your emotions are part of your members, too. Wives, what are you doing? I'm not really doing anything. I'm waiting on my husband to get better, and then I will, maybe. Where do you need to yield more? Maybe you need to yield more in the marriage bed. Maybe you need to yield more by keeping your mouth shut and not ordering your husband around. Where are you yielding to sin that you need to stop and you need to yield to God? And here's the big question. Are we drawing near to him? Because that's what this tells us to do. Draw near. Yield. Present yourself. Are you drawing near? How much do you pray? Yeah, you can measure it on the clock if you want to. But I'd rather you measure it by the attitude of your heart. When you have a need, what is your first thought? Is it... How can I work this out? Or is it, I need strength. I need wisdom. I have nothing, Lord, but what you are pleased to give me. Are you drawing near to God with joy? When you come to church on Sunday afternoon, don't ever come primarily to hear me. Hearing me, I'm sorry, actually, for you for that. But, But hearing me is only a part of this. We come here to draw near to God. Jesus died on the cross and in some of his dying breath he said, I'm going to declare righteousness. I'm going to proclaim the name of the Father in the midst of my brothers and sisters for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. So are we taking advantage of that? This is, why we wor- this is why worship has become a circus in so many churches today. That is why it is so totally misdirected. And it's not because they are Baptist, or that they are independent, or that they are just irrelevant, or even that they are Presbyterian. That has nothing to do with it. It is because each one of us who professes to know and love the Savior is not deeply struck. Not with our need to be entertained, distracted, or feel good. But I need God, my Savior, my life, my joy. I need Him. I don't want distractions. I don't want people up here in the pulpit telling me all kinds of things I'm supposed to feel. I don't want them entertaining me. I don't want any of that. I just want the living God to come and bless me according to to his promise i want to draw near to him and him to me because he is my life then if that becomes the attitude of god's people he'll put the circus masters out of business no one will come because that is not what they're looking for they're not looking for a show they're not looking for some kind of weird twisted emotional gratification i want god My soul is thirsting for God, the living God, the righteous God, so that I can please Him and love Him and draw near to Him and be yielded to Him and serve Him because He is the health of my continence and my God. I love Him, beloved. Draw near to Him. He crucified His Son to open heaven to you. Don't sit on your hands. Don't let your heart, so to speak, sit on its hands. Don't let your mouth sit on its hands. Draw near to God. And oh, as he has promised, he will draw near to you. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we love you. and want to serve you and draw near to you with all our being by your grace. Help us in our obedience. Help us in our prayer life. Help us in our attitude of heart. Help us in our service to you, to please you. Help us to show our gratitude for your loving care for us by displaying to the world your grace and mercy. Let no evil reign in us, but let your word and the Lord Jesus Christ reign brightly within us for Christ's sake. Amen.